Welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, December 13th, 2023, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we are joining you with a a, a very interesting and special opportunity here on the Defender Podcast. Uh, In October, we were able to hold uh, our annual fundraising event, uh, our our big, large dinner here in Birmingham, Alabama. And one of the special stories that came out of that event was the story of the Vest family. Rich and Johanna were able to tell not only their story of bringing their boys home from Haiti, as well as their son from Russia, but they were able to really encapture the, the help that Lifeline was able to provide their family when they came upon uh, a catastrophic situation uh, with with one of their boys. I know you're going to enjoy hearing this story, uh, but also I want to just give you a, a feeling of our Families Count and Counseling Ministry, those ministries that Rich and Johanna were able to experience counseling through this traumatic experience, but then that trauma, that trauma that they experienced, as you will hear, actually launched them to begin Families Count within their church. And as we talk about Families Count, we're reminded of 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, which explains that God's comfort and sustaining hand in our times of trouble enable us to show that same grace to others who are struggling. And so today in our podcast, as we hear from the Vest family, you'll see that they extended grace to others because of their own struggles. Because of their own near tragic experience, they became involved in Families Count through their church. Families Count is a family restoration and preservation ministry that partners with the local church to provide parenting courses for vulnerable families in the foster care system who are at risk for entering it. When you partner with Lifeline financially, you actually walk alongside families who need to know the comfort of God. Give today and change one life through Families Count at lifelinechild.org backslash change dash o-n-e dash life again that's lifelinechild.org backslash change dash one dash life or as always visit our show notes and give today so that you can become a part through your generosity of our families count program well it's that time of the podcast that everyone loves uh, especially when we are together when we're able to bring on the venerable dr rick the one who is just world-renowned author, world-renowned speaker. Uh, Many of you may not know he's also a world-renowned columnist on Alabama football and all things Alabama football. He is the silver-tongued one. He is Dr. Rick. Dr. Rick, I know that both of these topics, Families Count as well as our counseling program, are near and dear to your heart, not only because they fall under your auspice of leadership, but also because you've been able to firsthand see the the great impact of counseling and families count. Yeah, Herbie, today, this podcast, I feel like a little bit of a proud papa um, being able to talk about these two aspects of our ministry and, you know, the wonderful things that God's doing through, through both of them. I think, uh, the vest and we won't, you know, I won't try to tell the vest story for them. They do a, a, an unbelievable job of, of telling their story and, and relating the ways that God's weave their experiences, um, good and bad, you know, things that are, that are, that are difficult that people, you know, wouldn't choose to, to walk through yet. The vest are a great example of seeing God redeem everything and, and leveraging everything for, you know, for his, his kingdom. 
um, they are and and by their you know by their own uh, comment they they've benefited from the ministry of of lifeline counseling and I think you know one of the things we've tried to build here is um, is a counseling ministry that's centered on Christ uh, we want to we want to have a a Christ-centered worldview and all that we do, but we also want to acknowledge the you know the good science and that's out there, and and so we you know we do trauma-sensitive therapy. We use modalities that are that are that are research-based and and are research-validated. But we use those things in a way um, to to be able to magnify Christ and to help people to, you know, to see Jesus more fully and and to you know grasp who He is and 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 I think one of the big misnomers about counseling that I that I just want to make sure as we lead into this is the vest have a story that uh, that that there was there was tragedy and difficulty as a part of their story and and that's sometimes how we think of counseling. The, the truth is, I, I think if if the vest were going to be here and be on an interview with us, they would tell you that that it it is the can be a part of the regular rhythm of someone's life. A lot of what we do in counseling is not taking families that are at the brink and bringing them back. It's taking families that are that are really pretty reasonably good and healthy and and helping them to thrive, you know, taking them from surviving to thriving and and. There's really no magic to what happens in talk therapy. Um, in talk therapy, you talk. <laughs> you talk about the things you do. You talk about the things that worry you. You talk about the things that give you joy. You talk about you just talk about life. And and a therapist is is really, um, you know, sort of like looking into a mirror to some degree to help you to really acknowledge and see things about yourself and about your the the way that you approach life and and to help you to think of strategies that that help you to you know to live life more more effectively and more fully and and when that's done in a way that we're pointing people to the abundance that they can find in Christ um that's a that's a pretty powerful thing and so i'm i'm very proud of our of our counseling ministry i'm very proud of our counselors and our parent coaches and you know the folks that serve families in that way uh because because they really do make a difference um you know, then also the best talk about Families Count and their co-leaders in their church at, at Faith Presbyterian Church here in Birmingham. And, and so what that means is they're teaching classes to people that have either lost their kids or are in danger of losing their kids into the foster care system. And these are biblically based, gospel-centered parenting classes. And, you know, one of the things that they say, and I, I just want to make sure because this like that we understand the detail their motivation for for doing families count in part was um seeing the system firsthand themselves um not you know not because they uh were neglectful not because they were in danger of you know losing their kids in the foster care system or anything like that but because of the circumstances that that happened um they got to they got to kind of get a first a front row seat to what it would feel like to be a parent who's you know, who's, who's in an interaction with the state in foster care. And, and I think it caused them to reflect, it caused them to pray, but it also caused them to act. And what it caused them to do is to say, we, we see very compassionately uh, how families can get into this place. And we also see how they can know, how they can not know how to get out. And, uh, and so, you know, you, you quoted Second um, Corinthians 1 at the beginning of, uh, you know, at the beginning of what you said, 
I'd go a little farther in Second Corinthians and look at chapter five. Uh, when I think about about families count uh, in Second Corinthians five, Paul tells us that we're supposed to be about the ministry of reconciliation, and that that part of our responsibility is to be ambassadors of Christ and to carry the gospel into the community in ways that that fix brokenness and and point to the healing that can only be found in Jesus. And that's exactly what families count does. Um, we bring the church to bear. We bring the relationships of the church to bear. We we bring, you know, all kinds of things like meals and transportation and stuff to help families to bear. But at the end of the day, the real power in families count is the gospel. And it's the fact that we're pointing these mamas and daddies toward Jesus and and churches are helping them to live in in community where they're supported to live out the implications of the gospel. Um, and, and we've seen incredible success in that. We've seen families that have been put back together, right? And and so um, as you listen to that today, I, I think the thing to just, you know, maybe remember here is you too and your church can get involved in this. Um, this is not just something that's reserved for, you know, for the vest and their church, but any church in America, uh, Lifeline's ready to have a conversation with you about how you could get involved and about how your church can engage families in the foster care system. And man, I know this is near and dear to your heart as well. And so I'm, you know, I'm rattling on because, because I'm so excited about it. But, but the fact is uh, the reason that, Lifeline is engaged in a ministry like Families Count, and the reason that we have championed the local church, um, you know, that's that's your heart, and that's something that you've you've led all of us as a, a ministry to do. And and so I'd, you know, maybe as we as we wind up and turn to the vest, I'd I'd love to just kind of hear uh, your thought about it and and your encouragement as to why the church needs to be engaged in this kind of ministry. Yeah. And I, I was even thinking as you were talking initially, Doc, is back to our dear friend uh, who has passed on the glory before us, Karen Purvis, who yep. really coined a lot of these trauma-based care and did a lot of the research that yep. for us, we would say we stand on the heads of giants like Dr. Purvis. And uh, because of some work that she has done and the work that she d has done, it has enabled us to even go further. Um, and so she's helped you know, extend that ministry in trauma-based care. And I love what she always used to say is, I love it when science begins to catch up with the Lord. And <laughs> one of the things that I know for me, and I'm sure it is for you as well, Dr. Rick, is so encouraging is when you see families that are giving testimony about how Lifeline's counseling programs have helped equip them. Because really what we were hoping to do is take this common grace um, science that really is based on the way that the Lord made us and formed us and redeem it back to the place that it was supposed to be in a biblical framework and a gospel framework, and to really be able to equip and to help families. And so I, I, I just take away from just the 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 conversation and and what you're going to hear from the vest family is I love seeing how the Lord has truly redeemed a lot of this science, a lot of this work for his purposes and for his glory to not just help families who are called according to his name and purpose, but to actually help them to flourish and to equip them for other good works. And then certainly with families count, I, I do remember when uh, our dear friend and colleague and partner in ministry, Tracy, came and said, hey, there is a great need for families who are 
actively trying to get their kids out of foster care, as well as those families who are trying to fight to keep their kids out of foster care. And I remember she came and she said, I think there's a place for Lifeline to lean in and begin to teach these classes. Uh, one of the things that people may not know is if you've lost your kids to the state, to the county, to to DHR, to, to Child Protective Services, in every state, there's a, a number of days. And once your child has been out of your home in that care for so many days, you are required to complete a parenting course before your kids can come back into your home. And typically, these parenting courses are anywhere from four to six weeks. And it is a it is a requirement. And yet, in most states, the only way you can get that requirement is going to one quarterly. They they provide them quarterly class, and it's typically in one location. So transportation is an issue to get to that location week after week, uh, as well as timing. Does it does it fit with your schedule? And so what we saw was an opportunity to be able to provide a tangible need that families really needed, but to even begin to add something, and that is the local church. And so I remember the conversation with Tracy, maybe not as, as well as she has testified she remembers it, but I remember the conversation when when we said, hey, this can't be done by Lifeline, this must be done by the local church. We've got to get the church there to bring these families. We have an opportunity to bring these families at local churches. The other thing that we loved about the local church is there's one in every area. And so transportation becomes less of an issue when the church in that area can begin to serve those families in that area that need the help. But then the most important thing is bringing gospel community to bear, not just teaching a parenting class that's the XYZs of how to be a good parent, but also learning about the grace and the mercy and 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 and, and healing of Christ Jesus and what the gospel mm -hmm. can do. And so I love not only being able to hear this story and to see how our counseling services have really made a difference in the life of a family, but also how this family now is taking some of the things they've learned, taking this platform of families count and really seeing lives being transformed through the local church, families being reunified, parents coming to the saving faith in the gospel of Christ Jesus, parents having their lives reoriented and reorganized uh, to, to make uh, a, a, a better future for their children. And so certainly not only do I, I love this testimony, but it's so humbling as I'm sure you can also attest to Dr. Rick to be able to see the labor of our work come into fruition where it's not just an idea or it's not just something that's happening on a small scale, but on a broad scale, we're starting to really see these things begin to, to, to blossom and to grow. And so I, before I hand it back to you, Doc, I, I would just say if you're listening to this podcast and you know of an adoptive or foster family who needs counseling services, family coaching, we're here to help. We want to help. We want to lean in with those families to give them not just good, scientific, trust-based, trauma-informed counsel and coaching, but also to lead them back to the word of God. And then certainly if, if you or your church would like to lean in and help families that are struggling in your community, we would love nothing more than to equip your church to do Families Count. Uh, Doc, I, I, I know certainly one of the more humbling things is to see care that has helped your own family yeah. uh, as well be able to really spread and not just help families, but really bring thriving 
to families that have been struggling? Yeah, hundred percent. I, you know, I, I listen to all this conversation and I feel like, you know, the, the old hair club for men, you know, thing, it's like, I'm not, I'm not just a, the president. I'm a client. Well, that's, that's kind of how I feel about counseling. We of course haven't seen our therapist here, but we've, you know, we've worked with uh, therapists along the way in, you know, in, in our lives, becoming a family uh, a lot. And it's been incredibly helpful to us and our kids. And, and again, I, I recommend it to everybody because because I think it it can be incredibly helpful. Um, Herbie, before we turn to the vest and and we you know we give the stage to the folks that um, that deserve it, we I want one last thing I kind of want to make a plug for is uh, one of the things we're doing as a part of Lifeline Counseling. Uh, we we've realized that we can't have a counseling presence everywhere. Um, it's impossible for us to open counseling practices where all of our families are and where all the churches are that we serve. And so one of the things that we've done is we've created what we're calling our preferred provider network. And it's it's basically a way for us to partner with therapists uh, that hold like values, that believe the same things about the gospel that we do, that that have um, a view of therapy that's that's consistent with this, you know, with what we do in-house here. But that preferred, preferred provider network a lot helps us to help them get training that will be really useful in, in ministering to families that have been built through foster care and adoption. And, and it gives them access to a community of therapists who do this kind of work all the time. And so I think one of the big frustrations that a lot of our families have, and we live through this as a family, and so that's why I'm so passionate about it is being in areas where we didn't have anybody who had the kind of expertise that that really was needed in order to be able to help our family. And so uh, I would also tell you, if you're in relationship with a Christian therapist out there and they have a, they have a want to, to serve families like yours, but they don't have the skill, um, then connect them with us. They can go on the counseling website. They can fill out. There's a form there, um, and and we'll reach back out to them and and would love to have a conversation about what it would look like for them to become part of our network and and to join with us because we want to spread what it is that God's doing here and and you know don't want to be territorial over those things and and so. Um, that's a lot. You know, we talked about a lot. We'll help you to get involved in Families Count. We'll help you to find a therapist. We'll help your therapist um, to be, you know, to be someone who's who's able to help uh, if we can't. And uh, and so all those things are promises. Uh, but you know, without further ado, I think it's time for you and me to stop talking and for us to let the vest start talking. And so let's. Uh, Let's turn our attention to uh, the story that we heard a couple of weeks ago about how this has played out in in real life in uh, in the family of um, of the best. Good evening. We are so glad to be with you here tonight. I'd like to first ask you a question. Have you ever thought? about your worst parenting nightmare? What would happen if it actually happened to you? In 2016, our worst parenting nightmare came true, and we'd like to tell you our story. So we are Rich and Johanna Vest, and we have four children, and we're the volunteer directors of Families Count at our church here in Birmingham. 
And our story has led us to be passionate about this ministry. Our daughter, Bella, is 16 years old, and she was born to us. And then God grew our family through adoption of our boys. Our son, Richard, is 14, and he's from Russia. And our twin boys are nine years old, and they're from Haiti, William and James. And we felt called by God to adopt our boys, to be their permanent family. But it was a long and difficult and emotional road for us that took years. We felt that our family of six was now complete and final and perfect. But two months later, our worst parenting nightmare happened on Labor Day, September 5th. 2016. So it was a beautiful day. We had a fun family gathering, great cookout with barbecue, just a picturesque Labor Day that we all know and love. But the night before, I had told Johanna of a strong fear and anxiety that I had that one of our children would have an accident. And maybe that would involve water. And so we had decided on a plan to keep our kids safe at this type of gathering and to avoid any accident that could potentially happen to them. But mid-afternoon on that day, our two-year-old son, William, was missing. And Johanna had a normal mother's sense of urgency that turned to dread to find him now. And very soon, everyone was looking for William. But when we found him, he was face down in the pool and he was not breathing. And what we thought was an ideal day for our ideal family suddenly turned into a nightmare. So as a cardiologist and a heart rhythm specialist, I never thought that I would face this situation. We now know that William had been under the water for six minutes, and that then led to me performing CPR for another six minutes as our children who were terrified were watching and our family, and they called 911. And after that, there was this awful 45-minute ambulance ride to Children's Hospital with lights and sirens blaring, and William was placed on life support in the emergency room. And at that point, the doctors came out, and they talked to us, and they told us that they didn't think that he would make it. So in the ER that night, I could not function. I could not stand up, and I was just laying on the cold, hard floor. And all I could think was, how could this happen to us? God, after everything that we have been through to adopt our sons, all of the waiting, all of the travel, the hardship that had happened on top of infertility struggles, and then feeling called to adopt and help others to meet a need how could you take William from us? And to make matters worse, we had to retell the story over and over again to doctors and nurses and social workers, all who wanted to make sure that we were a safe home for our children. And all we could think was that this was our fault. But William's story wasn't over. We laid on either side of him in that ICU bed, and we begged 
God to spare his life. And we whispered in his ear and we prayed to God and we felt this tangible sense of the hand of God reaching down into that room. And slowly his numbers began to improve. He began to get better. Over several days, he woke up, he got off life support, and one morning, he started playing with his beloved cards. We brought his twin brother, James, in to visit him, and we realized that William had experienced another miracle in his little life. So you might think that this sounds like a storybook ending, and in so many ways it was, but it also was not that simple. As parents, we were not okay. We dealt with guilt, sleepless nights, flashbacks, questions about how this might affect William and his future. We had a lack of confidence in our parenting, just wondering we really deserve, were we worthy to be parents of our kids? We had persistent doubts and fears. We struggled with our adopted children adapting from a foreign country, attaching to us in our home. Work was tremendously stressful and difficult. Our son James, twin brother, had problems with his clubbed foot and had to have surgery. Our kids had to adjust to new schools. And in short, we were miserable. But friends, let me tell you that these are the emotions that we see on the faces of parents when they walk into a family's count class. These parents are at risk of losing their children and much more, and they feel that everyone is against them. They are desperate. But God didn't forget us just as he didn't forget our son William, and eventually we were miserable enough to ask for help. And that's when others showed up in our lives. So first, we started seeing a therapist at Lifeline who helped us in our kids process the trauma. She helped us work with our daughter who had blamed herself and lived with fear, helped us deal with the anxiety of what might happen next to our family, taught us to speak truth to ourselves, that our peace and our security comes from God. But week after week, she patiently and compassionately was there for us. And Angela Maines, we're grateful for you. Second, we found community at our church. We found other Christians in our church who showed up for us over and over and loved our family despite our struggles. These people told us that we could do it, that our family would be okay, that our kids would be okay. These friends and pastors loved us. They mentored us. And they pointed us to Jesus as the answer to our troubles. And all of these things were vital to pull us out of our hole. Brothers and sisters, this is what happens in Families Count. Parents in crisis are sought out in a safe environment so supportive relationships can be developed. Parents are challenged to be responsible and loving in their home in the way that God has called them to be. And it's this teaching combined with loving relationship and mentoring that makes families count unique and valuable. Friends, we were desperate, but others lovingly and consistently showed up in our lives. 
Families Count gives us the opportunity to show up and be present in someone else's lives, to be present in their parenting nightmare and remind them that there is hope, that through the work of Jesus, their lives and their families can be healed. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.